We live in a world where language and communication have become politically correct. We say bullshit. This is In the Trenches. We talk about what we want, how we want. How we want. Real and raw. From the military to veterans, society, spiritual, government, education, and everything in between, we're having real discussions about it all. Let's do this. This is In the Trenches. And now your host, Joss Young. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of In the Trenches, where we say what we want and how we want it, and we have real and raw discussions. I am your host, Jasim. We have a very, very great topic for this episode, but before we get into this topic of discussion, I, myself, am honored to have some special guests today. Our first guest is a, is a TEDx speaker, a certified Mind Valley, high performance and mindset, and a business coach. This individual is an author, a media CEO, and this guest goes by the name Queen Chi. How you doing, Queen, Queen Chi? What's up, Justin? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing all right. And now, our next guest is a native of Houston, Texas, who has been happily married for 30 years. Now, you know, that is a blessing in disguise to be married for 30 years. But this guest is a CEO of KWJ Private Funding and KWJ Consulting. He has been in business since 1987, and his company handles solar, automotive, and private money funding in investment and commercial properties. This guest Next guest is Mr. Ken Johnson. How you doing, Mr. Ken Johnson? What's going on, sir? All is good. Good to be on here with you and the Queen and Miss Adrian and everybody else you got. It's all a dream. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're able to join on here. And then our third guest is the one and only that you already know, and we have had her on the show before on several episodes. This guest has a book entitled Surviving Tough Times, On Your March, Get Set, Go, and the CEO of I Am A Industry, LLC. She is an advocate for change. This returning guest is misunderstood. How you doing, misunderstood? I am very, 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 very good. And I'm <laughs> glad to see we got other people on the podium today. So it ain't just me on the hot seat. <laughs> Well, we got the queen. Now we're going to see what the queen had to say on this topic right here. Oh, and this was a good one to bring her on, I want you to say. I, I, I just thinking that this was a real good one to let her surface. Well, our first one, before we get into the topic, I want to say thank you all for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come out to this, come out and be on the show to discuss this great topic that people are afraid to acknowledge or even discuss. 
But today's topic for this episode is sorry parents raising sorry kids. Now, I know this is a hot button, but it is an issue that has affected each person through our neighborhood and other parts of society. So let's start by me asking, how do you define a bad or sorry parent? I'll go ahead and start because I think my answer may be a little different than everyone else's. So y'all may think of sorry parenting as the parent who just let their kid run wild. They don't have no rules, no regulations. They, you know, the, the kid friend or whatever, and they buddy buddy, <laughs> not have no no boundaries or whatever. And that's a version, but I think that most parents are sorry parents. And I say that because, number one, most parents are still children themselves. They're okay. still in this place uh, where they haven't fully matured as, gotcha. as a person and their emotions, in their vibration, in their mindsets, right? And they have all of this stuff that's on them that's been, you know, given to them as the standards of life, so to speak, all of this pressure, all of this um, facade, right, that society tells we have to maintain in order to be a good citizen, right? And they stuff all this crap into their kids and they put all these high expectations and all of this, this foolishness of the child has to do this and be that in order for them to be qualified to be their good child. And so a lot of parents are parenting or even in relationships based on ego and they're disappointed with their child and they, they, because the child does not match the, the fairy tale of what they expect this child to be based on their ego. Cause they want to hold, we want to hold our children up like they're trophies, right? Like, look at my child, my child is AB on a roll. My child is winning out here in the streets. My child got a scholarship, my child, my child, my child, right? Mm -hmm. And when your child is just what we would consider regular, (laughs) they don't have all of that. Then you like sad, like, oh, look at my child. This child, he lazy, this child. You know what I'm saying? Which is tearing this poor child's self-esteem, self-worth all to pieces because they don't meet the expectation of your ego. Mm. But instead, we should focus on making sure that we are good stewards of this human being that has been gifted to flow through us, right? This is not our possession. This is not like a car. Mm -hmm. This is an actual soul who has an actual purpose to be in the earth. And so many times we miss that as parents because we're trying to make them into little robots or little expressions of ourselves, thinking that, you know, we're going to relive our childhood and we're going to make them and groom them into all we thought we could have been that we did not accomplish. But instead, if we focused on who is this person, right? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? And teach them that although we are part of the world, which is like the matrix, right? We're a part of it, but we don't have to conform to the standards, right? And teach them how to mitigate their emotions. Teach them how to, you know, be critical and free thinkers. Teach them how to go and flow with what their hearts desire, right? And to stand out versus being, you know, this this wallflower that's, as society teaches us, to to fall into line and conform and just be, 
you know, one of the little soldiers as a good citizen of society. And so I think that, again, under that standard, most parents suck. <laughs> well, I like when you say most parents suck because, you know, at least you, you, you put it in the point where all parents suck. And I agree with you when you made the statement that, you know, all parents are growing, you know, I'm a parent, so I'm still learning. And I know there's some things that I still kind of do in certain ways that is like a childlike mentality in a sense, more or less. So I, I see your point. Uh, and I really agree with that. And, uh, but I like how you just, just real and raw when you said just parents just suck. See, that's what we all about in the trenches. We're just going to tell it like it is raw and just plain, <laughs> no political correctness. I love that. I love that queen. <laughs> what you, what would you, what do you have to say? Either Ken or misunderstood what y'all have to say about it. how y'all define a sorry or a bad parent. I got to speak up for these sorry parents because I was one of them kids, okay? My, <laughs> in, in Queen G's definition, my parents were sorry and I don't know what because they had me structured in everything that they thought I was supposed to be doing. They knew exactly what I was going to do. I didn't have no option in this thing. I Listen, I'm going to like, yeah, G, yeah. You, man, where was you at when I was growing up? Because I didn't want to do that shit. I didn't want to do none of that shit. But you right, man. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Because I didn't learn it until my adult years. So as a parent, you are absolutely right, G. Because, man, I speak for all them protege children. What the hell was we doing? <laughs> I got a personality out of the thing. I'm so serious because, you know, like you're growing up in bands and orchestras, they are the most boring places. Like, you don't even want to deal with them type people. You know, this one time at band camp, like, you know, it was not cool to be in the band, man. Like, I, I stayed in the music wing. So just hearing you say all that you said, I'm thinking... You know what? I'm gonna make sure that I send this thing to my parents because I need my parents to just hear what she said because they'll never hear it. You know because they believe that they're doing so good for their children because they know better in all of these things. But wrong is all left. Oh my God, girl, you better go ahead. I just wanted to say that, brother Ken. You can go ahead if you want to. I just needed to speak up for the sorry children. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, so I did have a sorry life. Well, we talk about it. I mean, because hell, I, I did grow up in a, in a mess of, of things because it wasn't what I should have been doing. It was what you were telling me to do. Oh, so and it was... had nothing to do with me. So, yeah, Chief, you is absolutely, positively, <laughs> unequivocally correct. Listen, had the dance, had the song. In the in the recitation to go along with it. It made sure that it was, it made sure that the pronunciation was correct. I knew how to stand up. I didn't lean. I still to this day don't lean on anything. Just because everything was always told me that that wall don't need no help. <laughs> that wall don't need no help. You, you don't need no help to stand up. You better do it by yourself. I mean, like, but to hear that. Because, you know, the sorry parent, like, in my world, the way I look at the sorry parent is the sorry parent, like she said, the one that wants to be the friend mm -hmm. instead of telling you 
Like now you got the whole other aspect of it. Cause now you're telling me all the real mm-hmm. and you ain't giving me no direction, no guidance. You know what I mean? You're not speaking life into me. You are allowing me to live your craziness. Well, Mr. King, which, what do you have to say? Well, listen, it's, it's, it's obvious we got some problems because, uh, my kids, I have four kids. My son is the oldest and three daughters. And me and my wife been together, married 30 years, but we definitely have different ideas of parenting because she used to freak out because I was trying to put a strap or a stenching cord or board or ruler on them little yellow bunions that these <laughs> girls got. Talking about, you going to give them a brew. <laughs> I said, well, the police going to give them more than that and them pimps out there. So I said, I don't think that's going to hurt them. <clears throat> so we fought in that area. But one thing that I could speak for myself is that what I did was I used to remind my kids and I would tell them, guys, I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm the one that's going to get in your butt, whether you like it or not, and I ain't going to think twice about it. Because the way I raised my daughter was, I speak once and that's it. I'm not going to have that conversation twice. I mean, if you're not going to take my advice, you're not going to listen to what I have to say. You're going to pay the consequences, but I'm definitely, I I definitely raised them to the point to where I speak once, give them the right information, tell them to make the right decision because I was an advocate of saying, listen, we're not better than anybody but we can make some better choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't want to raise them up to be so religious and stuck up church church girls and all of that. So when they go to school, I told them, no, you can have a balance. I said, but let me just tell you what we're not going to do here. And then y'all can do whatever you want to do after you figure out what we're not going to do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents are making the decisions of trying, in this day and age where we are at, but they are trying to be their kids' friends, and that's a mistake. Because, you know, my wife, I see some of the stuff she do, and I talk to her about it, pillow talk, I call it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, you can't be their friends. You got to be their mama. I mean, you ain't their homegirl. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they grown and out the house, but they'll still uh, go to her with stuff that they should be asking me, but they go to her first, and then, you know, but my thing is, the, the, to, to get back on subject, we got a lot of crazy parents, silly parents doing silly things because that's one of the reasons uh, the man is missing in the majority of the homes. Mm-hmm. The ladies are trying their best to do their best to raise men. And unfortunately, uh, the scale has been dropped because uh, these some of these young men ain't worth the bullet it takes to shoot them. I know because they came to my house and they got ran away. Gotcha. I understand. I understand about that. I blame the parents. The parents, we can do so much, but the the reason to to stick with your subject matter, silly parents out here now because we watch the six o'clock news and see they robbing these stores and getting $35 and fit to go serve some hard time. And then the mom on TV crying, talking about why it had to be my baby. Well, your baby didn't get the job. Your baby didn't go want to work flipping burgers and washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And he's 
he would have been making more money doing that with chips versus out here trying to rob a store just to get two or three hundred bucks and to go serve 15, 19 years over there. Crazy. So that's the problem. They're doing silly stuff and then they're doing their best, some of them, but then yet and still, the best is not good enough if you, because you have to take responsibility. Woo, man, you said a mouthful. I, I see Queen Chi over there. Boy, she 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 got that head nodding a little bit up and down in agreements. Come on, Queen Chi, what you got on your mind? I mean, I agree. Um, parents are getting younger and younger, and these past few generations, there's a disconnect, right? They they, they get their parenting tips from social media and reality TV shows. And so we see the reflection of that in our culture and our communities because, you know, everything is fast and hot, hot and loose, right. you know, and parents are getting younger and younger mm-hmm. because when they're watching these shows, listen, they got these actors who were like 30 playing high schoolers, <laughs> high school musical and high school this and that, you know, and they kissing and loving and, you know, Stuffing, you know, and so oh, tell it we, like it is. You you only in the trenches. You can just say it. You know, just be blunt with it. Nobody is teaching, you know, preservation of self. Take care of yourself. Make sure you're whole yourself. You know, and not be looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong spaces Uh-oh. in all the wrong ways. Oh, um, about to get that song down, huh? <laughs> And so, you know, we just have this this societal decline because, of course, the media, Hollywood, is going to promote what sells. Mm -hmm. And the masses are saying, this is what we want to see because this is what we're paying for. This is what is getting the the showtime. This is fighting and cussing and slutting and, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is what our babies are seeing. And they're like, yes, this is, this is life. This is the way to go. This is how you do it. Because we have given media more impact in our households than we have over our children. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Ken that it's, it's our responsibility again to steward this person this is a whole life, a whole human being that has been gifted to you to come through you. Again, it's not yours. It's not your possession. Mm-hmm. It is a gift that you were given to steward well. And so a lot of parents have not stewarded their children well because they so focused on their own selfish needs, their own egos and um. They're not leveling up in their skill set and their mindset. And it's this struggle bus life. And they put that responsibility or onus on their children as well to struggle bus life with them when that's not their responsibility. It's their responsibility to be kids. It's their responsibility to understand themselves, to find themselves and not be shackled or burned down with what's going on with your parent, you know? So, and I I see that type of epidemic that happens in communities of color specifically Mm -hmm. because we're told that this is the norm. Struggle with life with the norm. You know, that's just how, what you do. You do what you got to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And now 
<laughs> what you got to do is level up. What you got to do is expand your awareness. What you got to do is up level your connections, your network, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not what's taught. And so it's twofold because I hear that people, you know, they perpetuate this, this stereotype or whatever because they don't know no better. But at some point, you got to take accountability of you not knowing no better because you go on the internet for everything else. Right. You go on YouTube watching all kinds of videos of everything else. Why you can't pull up YouTube for a book or why you can't pull up YouTube for a training? Why you can't pull True. up YouTube for, you know, a, a craft, a skill, mm-hmm. right? So we have to stop allowing people to make excuses of why they don't have, they can't have, they can't, you know, grow or whatever, because they can. They can. They just have to choose to. Gotcha. So before I go to misunderstood, what and how can we go in that route that you just stated and you mentioned to divert our kids? Because I know in another previous episode, misunderstood and I, we 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 discuss about you know, different topics, different issues. But one of the main things that, that we both agreed on is that, especially within the, the, the African-American or the Black community, most of us don't want to read, to learn, to be better. And you kind of hit a, a little bit on that. So what do you think that could or can be done by a parent to divert that child from going down the wrong path or can be considered as a bad or sorry child. Don't be sorry yourself. (laughs) You can't require or expect, have an expectation of your child that you don't have for yourself. That's, uh, That's one of the issues with people. We expect other people to grow. We expect other people to be patient. We expect other people to be kind and we could be whatever we want to because you don't know my life. You don't know my struggle. Uh, it's just the way I am. All mm, these excuses. Right. But nobody else gets that type of grace from those type of people. No, level up yourself because you cannot, you cannot require again from other people what you are not willing to do yourself. So you set the standard of your house. You are the example. You are the foundational imprint of your child life, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't set the expectation and you're not demonstrating day in and day out that, you know, this is how I grow and this is how I study. This is how I meditate. This is how I'm taking care of my emotions, my, my mindset, my spirituality, my health, right? Demonstrating these things then you can't turn around and say, you know, you need to stop eating them bum bums because you're going to be obese when you fit 500 pounds. Look. <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that's true. That is true. I've seen that out sense. and about. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want your child to exercise and be healthy and make good choices, then you exercise, be healthy and make good choices. Don't bring junk food into the house. Don't you know, bring toxic relationships into the house because, again, you set the standard. So I see, like, I have a, a friend who, you know, is in toxic relationships over and over again, has suffered with depression. And I see the same thing with her children. Mm. Because this, whether you say it, say, I want this for you or not, you're an example. They're not listening to you. They're watching True. you. They mimic your behavior because this is a norm. This is the vibration of the family, right? 
Right. And so if toxic relationship is what I see over and over again, then I'm going to think this is how a man or a woman is supposed to treat me. I'm going to think that when something doesn't go right, then I go into this low vibrational state of depression because that's how you deal with life when it's not, you know, showing up the way you want it to. They learn that from their parents. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want your children to be sorry, don't be sorry. But trust me, we don't have a manual for this. Not at all. (laughs) Kids. Well, I got a question. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm not sure if y'all have seen the Sesame Street thing, the Sesame Place thing, where y'all down there. Has it gotten all the way far down there? The young lady was at Sesame. Okay, so the young lady was at Sesame Place. She was she's a black lady, but she got two kids, like four and five, I guess, and they're standing in the parade in the street. But the the character thing is like doing it's waving and stuff and doing all its stuff. Mm-hmm. But it skips past the two little girls. This lady has made it into a racial thing. And now she got a lawyer and everything because she believes that Sesame Place is discriminating over her children. And now she's got the children out there talking, you know, like now one of the little girls, she can't be on camera because she's already, you know, a face. She's she is hurt by the fact that this this, this animal doesn't pass her. To me, I can't understand it because you, as the parent, would have to put that discrimination in that, that you have to put that victim into that little four-year-old because that four-year-old ain't supposed to know that even if that is what happened, that ain't supposed to be the story that she's supposed to be told because now, to me, I believe that you just put you just put all of the thirty hundred years of slavery and everything that we've been down on. And y'all, if, if y'all in the trenches already, y'all know how I feel about that story. Because I'm telling you, it's because we don't know our story that it's like we are given this story. So because we are given this story, this is what we have. To me, right now, this young lady has she is resonating to me as the sorry parent. Because there's another way to handle that situation. Now I understand you trying to get a check, you trying to you trying to sue Sesame Place, but you gonna get a check. But what you just put that victim in that four year old, right? And I'm like so sick about it because so I'm asking y'all because we talking about sorry parents, and to me I'm thinking that is a sorry parent. To me, I believe just like you. Queen Chi just said something about the struggle bug or something, and that we 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 resonate in the struggle bug, and then you think that that's what you got to teach them. Mm-hmm. When is the story going to change? Like that's I don't know. Question. Am I wrong for doing that? Because people are looking at me and they're like, "Well, the character passed by her," and I'm thinking I've been in the suit, so it's hard to see everybody that's in the suit. You know what I mean? And then also <laughs> if I'm in the routine of things, and you just waving at me trying to get me to. You know, I'm out there dancing or whatever. I, mm. I don't have time to do what you need me to do. But because I didn't do it, now they want the they want the character. They wanted the character's name. The lady is demanding that the character be fired and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, lady. But the character said she was denying uh, some other kids' pictures because they wanted her to pick up the baby and take pictures. And she was saying no to some other people. And that just happened to be the situation when she got by the little kids. So that's what Sesame Street is saying. 
that she wasn't because that's probably what happened and you can tell and she was talking to adult this the funniest part to me the character is talking to adults and then there's two little kids that don't even have a parent right there with them so that was me so i'm glad that the character has finally spoken up for herself because like i said somebody probably coached her into that Uh, it's just like when we was we started seeing ADD creep into school. Oh, yeah. Well, my thing is, I don't believe all of these little black boys and girls are ADD. I agree with you. I believe a lot of them need the beatings that we got when I was in pre-K and when I was in elementary. Yeah, yeah, amen. Extension cards, you know, belts. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's but I made I it. Grew up. Hey. I made it. I remember I you say I give him one choice. We have one conversation. I'm not bringing this back again. Hey, <laughs> he says you better make the choice. You better make the choice. Hey, the you made sure it wasn't no misunderstanding. <laughs> hey, Listen, he check scared me when he said that. I'm thinking, damn, I'm glad Ken wasn't my daddy because I don't think I got the first time. <laughs> I'm thinking I got to beat it because I had to come back. Like, I, y'all, it, y'all, this, I wonder why about, they speak to my about in the 70s, What you, you mean? Know, <laughs> in the 70s, you know. My, my, my dad used to hang out with this family that I grew up with. And one of the girls who, hung, who was in that family told my dad that I was at, bad at school. And he, in turn, came home and whooped me based on what she said. Damn. Now, I remember that to this vivid as this day. I could see that like yesterday. She told my dad that I was bad. He came home and whooped me based on what she said. So guess what I do the next day, Terrell? You ended up. I went to school the next day and I beat the snot out of her. (laughs) Now, if I'm going to get a whooping behind something you say, I guess I might as well finish it up. (laughs) Listen, I told you. That's how it is with the police. Don't you call the police before I whip your ass. If you call the police, if the police have been called, you need to get your ass whooped. So, Mr. Officer, you better not leave her here. Because she didn't get this ass whooped before you got here. I I was traumatized. (laughs) I told my dad, I said, you're going to whoop me based on what somebody, what a kid say. I said, all right. So that was my attitude. Notice how that happened. That was my attitude. I don't know where I got it from, but I went back to school the next day and I rode around in some dirt with her. And now, if I'm, I'm going to get in trouble, I might as well finish it off. But there was a pattern set there because that that my dad did, of course, I knew it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And parents, parents make some dumb decisions sometimes. And so... That's why, as parents, we we don't have a manual, but we have to learn as we go. I remember when my daughters was in a charter school, and teacher called home and said my daughter was acting up. I went to the charter school the next day, about 30-some kids in her class. It took me 15 minutes, Chi, to find the teacher. I'm like, where's your teacher? And then finally, when I meet the teacher, guess what I told her? I said, oh, no wonder y'all having problems, because you look just like them. She had a little pants, jeans rolled up, had on her little converse. I mean, she just blended too much in with them. Mm-hmm. I said, my teacher was fat, thick, dark stockings. Ain't no way in the world we was trying to hit on her. So when, <laughs> kid, 
these kids was on the news having sex with the teachers. I'm like, man, our teachers didn't look like that. No, they were fat. They were big legged. They had on thick stockings and glasses. And then they, they would backhand you. You get two whoopings. The teacher would backhand you in the class, then send a note home. Then you're going to get another beat down. And I'm like, man, when I see these teachers today, I was like, so I told my her teacher, I said, well, I will take care of my daughter. Well, you will have no problems with her. I said, but you might want to start looking like a teacher. I said, because you have you get no respect from these guys because you, you know, we look at you as a piece of meat. Man, she kind of fine. Man, she looked kind of cute. Man, I'm gonna holler at her. And next thing you know, they're on the news because why? They're looking like a queen chief. Got all those <laughs> young boys over there drooling. My mama, my teacher's oh, my teacher gorgeous. Look at her. she got that pretty red hair. Oh uh-huh. always got on lipstick. I mean, she wore a crime to school. And then uh, having a dad like me, I'm gonna be like, do she got a, do, I need to meet a mama. <laughs> <laughs> Not her mama. You need you coming to the meeting. <laughs> I used to be the high school school teacher. So when I got a kid, they said that to me. I'm telling the kid, look, I ain't trying to make the news. Just like you said, Kim, because they be making the news. I ain't trying to make the news. I'm out here. And just because I look like this, y'all got like, that was, that was, that was one of the things that I had to overcome as being a high school school teacher, because I needed my words to be serious. Like that's where the whole misunderstood thing came from at the end of the day, because I never wanted the Miss A to get lost in anything that happened. Because if you if you learned it in my class, damn it, that's why I taught it to you. You know what I mean? Like, so I, it was, but I understand what you're saying about that, but here's the story parents, because there's too many parents that, there's too many parents that don't know the teacher. Mm. I used to call home all the time and mm. people wouldn't even respond to me. Kids would be failing and mm. I'm calling before they failing. Right. But now they got F's and you mm. want to come in and fight them. Right. Dumb stuff. Like I remember this one lady, I called her almost every week because I just, I wanted to really, I wanted to watch her son graduate, mm-hmm. but he was just doing ass things not to. The day that I said, please don't have your phone out. Because you know the big wigs is coming, and I don't want you know what I mean I don't want the big wigs to say nothing to me. So do right. me a favor and put your phones away because tonight, if you pull your phone out today, I'm gonna have to take your phone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We gonna have to go all the way in because the big wigs is coming. Did the fool put his phone out? But she came for a fucking phone. Like to that was sorry to me. Like I'm like, oh, you're right. You absolutely right. Like I don't even care what he do because. Like if he don't graduate, he going to jail anyway, right? I'm like, cause you just showed me, you just showed me who you were, because you really came up here. What you come up here to do? Fight me for a phone? But yeah, he been failing all year. Hmm. Go back to what Queen Chi said. We got Go silly parents because said. we got we got people doing crazy stuff. Here's the deal. I don't. I tell stories just so that we can be relatable. By no means I try to tell them to make myself look perfect. But like I said, we try to make better choices than just do something. One, my kids never heard me curse their mama out. They never heard me call her bitches, hoes, or none of that crap. My son, I started with him. I said, you do what you see me do. I said, when I open the door, I taught him how to open the doors for his sisters. I told him how to be respectful to his mom. Because it starts at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the class comedian. 
teacher used to call me all the time, but I said, well, I can't fuss at him about that because I know where he get that from. <laughs> I just had to explain to him that, hey, man, it's not your show. It's her show during the classroom. You, you could have it at lunch. But what happens is I had a friend of mine, him and his wife got into it over the phone, and they were cursing each other out like grown folks do in front of their daughter. And so I pulled them aside. I said, man, you know what? I lost respect for you and her now. I said, because your daughter is only going to do what she see y'all do. Mm-hmm. I said, if your wife cuss you out like that, then your daughter going to try. Because mm-hmm. she heard mama do it. I told, I told my wife one time, I said, let me explain something to you. You got a problem with me, take it to the king, take it to the bedroom. We got a king size bed. You got plenty of room in there to rumble. Take it to the king. You have a problem with me. Let's, let's go in there. Let's take it in there. Because what I didn't want my daughters to see, they 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 never they told me I'm too laid back. So I told them, I said, no, I don't want y'all to think that that's how a man is supposed to act to a woman. Mm-hmm. I said, now your mama crazy. She's a cancer. We all know that. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm cancer. Look at Queen Chi over there. Cancer. Looking out. Beautiful. But I, I know. Now, I want to see that ugly side, Terrell. <laughs> I know she done shot at her husband a few times. So don't know. I have done no such thing. But what happens is we, we, we got to live by example. So that's what I used to tell him. I say, now, don't think your dad ain't crazy because I am. I said, but I'm trying to live right by, by way of y'all to be an mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. I said, because it takes a lot for me to get upset. Now, if I get upset, you just better watch out because mm-hmm. it's going to be on and popping. Mm-hmm. But my daughter had an incident with her man down in Colleen, Texas. You know what that is, Terrell. That's that military. Yeah. Army. Army post out there. And so mama got mad because I wouldn't go down there. I said, no, I can't go down there. It's only two things going to happen if I go down there. I'm going to either be in jail Oh, somebody going to be dead. I say, so no, I can't go. She was mad. I mean, she was fish grease mad. So I told her, I said, let me explain something to you. That man is paying rent at that apartment, supposedly. That's their house. He's supposed to be the king of that house. I said, it would be dead wrong for me to go down there, get into an altercation, because you know that's what's going to happen, a physical altercation, because I ain't going down there to sing Amazing Grace Chief. <laughs> I'm going down there to swing, swing some hands, <laughs> fighting preacher. So I told her, I said, no, I'm not going. I said, I, I won't do it. When my daughter called me queen and said, dad, I want to come home. I asked her two questions. I said, number one, are you sure? Number two, is that Negro going to be there when I pick you up? I said, because he needs to be vacant when I come pick you up. Mm-hmm. So long story short, Adrian got her home. He made the mistake by coming over here, Chief. I went outside to my garage, had my little pistol in my waist. I told him, I said, bro, let me explain something to you. I'm not coming outside to wrestle because you're young. You're a young buck. I said, but let me explain something to you now. My daughter has made her way back to my house. I said, I'm the only king at this house. Mm -hmm. And I said, now you can't touch her, period, point blank. I don't care that y'all do have a baby together. I said, I'll never stop you from seeing your daughter. I said, but you got to remember and put it in perspective now. 
you at my house and she's my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I said, boy, if you ever touch her while she's under my roof, I said, I'm going to put something on your ass that you're going to wish you hadn't got. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went to my waist and told him, do I make myself clear? I said, because I'm not playing with you. Right. Yes, yes, sir, Mr. Johnson. I said, no, you ain't got to call me Mr. Johnson. I said, my friend right here is Mr. Johnson. This <laughs> one is going to change me. <laughs> so, so, but I told my daughter, I said, now look, don't bring drama to this house. Mm -hmm. I said, because there's only one queen at this house, and that's the one who gave birth to you. You're not mm -hmm. the queen of this house. Mm -hmm. So don't bring that drama to this house. Now, Father's Day, I get the cards and they say, oh, dad, now I understand what you say. Oh, it all, yeah, 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 y'all grown now. Mm -hmm. Got them little kids, now you're going to really see. Oh, yeah. But it's my responsibility to do that. That's what I'm saying. Not boasting, not patting myself on the back. If I didn't do that, then I would be a sorry dad. Right. Right. Because I told my son when him and his wife got in trouble, did their own thing, I said, man, let me tell you something. I only have one piece of advice to you. Don't you touch that woman. Don't you put your hands on her. I mm -hmm. said, if you can't love her, then y'all need to move on. She can't love you, then y'all move on. I said, but you will not put your hands on her because they waiting. Them folks downtown waiting for you. Mm -hmm. I said, now y'all don't, y'all can't communicate. See, my mother-in-law tell me, Queen, she said, you, 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 you tell people off, Ken, but you do it in a nasty way. <laughs> and I said, well, you're right, because I, I I used to do that. I'm good at that. But I make my point and I speak once and I treat everybody the way they should be treated. And that's where the parents come in at because Ms. Adrian, let me tell you what I did at vacation Bible school one time. We bust in all them little thuggish kids from South Park. Mm -hmm. That's the rough part of the area. Okay, and now I'm from South Park originally now. Here we can, go. <laughs> can, can the church up, just acting the fool. <laughs> I would dress like uh, T in that three-piece suit with my initials on the shirt. Queen, I must have took off all my clothes, and I told him, I said, if y'all can whoop me, boy, y'all can have this church. Damn. <laughs> I was in my wife beating like you was the other day, Terrell. <laughs> I told him, I said, if y'all can whoop me, y'all could have this church. <laughs> I said, but boy, y'all sure gonna have to work for it because I pick up bricks and I pick up bones. <laughs> I hit you with a chair. I throw a disc at you. I, I don't fight fair. I, I say it's a fight. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to tell you about sorry grandparents now. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Queen Chi over there smiling and laughing. Look, I've been kicked out of the church at Vacation Bible School, Ken. Because of that one very thing, because I don't know how to deal with sorry children. I don't do it because I, there is a place in me that won't allow me to take me there because I never been there and I'll probably kill you there. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be like Bernie Mac there if I go there because you a fucking kid. Stay in your place. That way we can have what we do. But our grandparents stood on the outside and watched this happened and they didn't understand it and they went back and told the little girl how bad I was and how wrong I was for allowing that to go on and then the decision was made that I should be removed and the kids was allowed to just run amok and do whatever they wanted to do because I was the only one stopping them but when they told that little girl 
that she was right and I was wrong, I told them when they was talking to me, you better bring me the rock. Because y'all, I'm in church and I thought they were supposed to be leading me to the rock. And right now, y'all is really stinking insane. So I need a rock. Mm-hmm. The only person that was there was the pastor. So, and he said to me, he looked at me like, don't, don't cut my church up right now because these people are wrong and this is new. But I like you. You're new here. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to tear them up too bad, but can we work something out? They put me in an Uber. They asked me where I want to go and didn't pray for me. But so sorry, grandparents, not allowing the things that's supposed to happen, happen. And that's what they kept telling me. Well, you know, she had a horrible life. She had a tough life. She had a tough upbringing. I'm thinking I had a tough upbringing, too. And I think that's probably why I'd probably be the best person to help her out right now, because that shit don't matter. You can't be rude and ignorant to people just because you think you've been, been done. You don't went through some shit. Well, I Man. tell you what, them extension cards made me think about things twice before I did some crazy stuff. <laughs> like I said, I'm glad you wasn't my dad because I got talked to a lot about no, the same thing. They called my daddy bull. He was the big old fella. And when he gets you, it was over with. Switch it. I done ran track like Carl Lewis running from him. He get me with them long switches. And, and, and caught me in fourth gear, raised me in the air, and all I hear was whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm thankful for that, a lot of that, because a lot of my friends in high school, they did some dumb stuff. And when they would come to me and say, hey, man, we finna go do this, I'm like, man, I can't do that. Number right. one, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Number two, I thought about bull at home. <laughs> <laughs> Bull was way across town, and I was having flashback. I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. You <laughs> <laughs> got PTSD. <laughs> well, come on now. That, and that's what they would call it right now. This is, today, they would call it PTSD. Mm-hmm. But now, can you say something about that ADHD? Now, mm-hmm. see, me growing up, I, I guess it was different because the same way that you would say that they would put the stigma on us, I believe I truly needed the help. But because I was in this situation, my mom wouldn't allow it to go down. You know what I mean? Like, I probably would have really done better if they'd have pulled my ass out of a class and gave me the little four, you know, the three or four people. But but because I was that little black girl in this white situation, she was like, oh, no, I'm damn, you won't go and you won't sit in that class. And you, you belong there. You belong there. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. damn, I could have got help a long time ago, mom. You know, I don't have to be this... I don't have to be this slow and remedial, but you not remedial. I'm thinking it's okay because I needed the damn help. Like, <laughs> but she never allowed any of that to happen. So for you to say that though, I, I guess it's different because there was another situation because we grew up in a white neighborhood. So I remember people telling my mom before we even start, don't let them. Don't let them stigma. Don't let them put the stigma on her and say that she is this and that and this and that. So the pe- the the help that I probably needed, like I told you, my mom didn't care. I was a protege. She was going. She was going to make me a protege. Okay. Shit. Look. So let me ask you all. Train up a child, because once I got my way, I, I'm like the only thing I can fall on now is everything that I used to do when I was little. And I do it really well. And I bless God for that. So let me ask you all this question. 
what can be done to make the change? Uh, do you think a change can be made from a sorry parent, from them being what they are, to a better parent? Because there's no great or perfect parent. And for the kids from being a sorry child to a better child, you think that it can be done and how do you think it should be done? Uh, um, I would say a, a strategy or a manner into correcting that downward spiral or negativity. I'm gonna tell I you what said, me. Oh, go ahead. My senior year, I got into church. I got the Holy Ghost my senior year. I needed Jesus because I was out there bad. And 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 that 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 helped me at the right time. Mm, gotcha. Because I remember true story. I remember standing on my porch because I used to see my dad do some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to see my dad fight my mom when I was a little kid. And I remember when I was a teenager, one of the girls I went to school with, he was dating her mama. <laughs> Old bull was something else. And so I saw him and he came home, he talked crazy to my mom and I stood up for her and I told him, I said, man, listen, you're not doing right to be talking to her like that. I said, that's my mama. You know what he told me? He pulled out his knife out of his pocket. He said, boy, I cut your throat. Mm -hmm. and you know what I told him? I said, dad, I started going to church and them folks taught me a couple of things. Two, one, they taught me fornication was wrong. So I had to wrestle with that for a little while because brother was on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to I used to go to Sunday school cheer. I asked my Sunday school cheer. I said, man, you sure that's what the Bible means? <laughs> that's what it means. I said, oh man. I said, no. I said, I said, all right, I'm struggling with it. And then two, I was I read it in the Bible where the Bible says to honor your parents. And of course, I was an average at B student, so I knew what honor means. I mean, you know, you don't need Greek and theology to figure that out. And so I told my dad, I said, man, listen, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to talk crazy to you. I said, because you are my dad. I said, you can cut my throat, but I'm going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. And I said, so if you want to cut my throat after me telling you the truth, that you're wrong, then so be it. But I never forget, Adrian, I went on the porch one morning before I was heading out to school. And I prayed and I said, God, if I have that in me, I said, can you please take it out? I said, because I don't want to fight on a woman. I said, that's not what I want to do. I remember one of my girlfriends slapped me so hard. I thought I was going to next week. And I told her, I said, you better be glad I prayed that prayer. <laughs> because... I said, because, boy, if you would have slapped me before that prayer went up, you would have been rolling in some dirt, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized that I couldn't blame it on my dad. I couldn't blame it on my parents. You know, I was smoking weed. I was on top of the, my mom's roof smoking weed. Just good weather days. That wind was blowing good. I'm up there smoking and just getting my buzz on. But that was my senior year. My senior year is when I seemed to be acting a fool because all throughout high school, I was in sports. And that's when I started selling weed and I was selling 20 cents bags. And my mom used to ask me, how come you don't need no money no more? She didn't know what I was doing. I had it in shoebox under my bed, hoping that she would never go under there. 
but it was when I got into church, my senior year, everybody was, they were shocked. They was like, man, look, you you ain't going to church because you done done too much wrong. I said, well, that's why I finally need to go to church. <laughs> but I struggled. I struggled with it and I got there, but it was, I would say this, I think that has a lot, to, well, I know it has a lot to do with why I change and how I develop into a better man in general, because even when I got married and started having kids, you know, it's just like some things you just can't do. When you walk in the walk, you just can't do it. Right. You know, I, it's in me. I can still curse from A to Z. I ain't forgot them words. I know how they come out. But you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I made a choice. I don't want, my daughters can't say they never heard me talk like that unless I was about to whoop somebody and they just happened to be there because it, from business, they heard me say some stuff. And then my daughter's like, man, and I, they get their little self angry. And I see they try to pop off. I'm like, girl, you don't even know how to curse. Be quiet. You don't even right. You didn't even, even say that curse word right. <laughs> you got to put some sting in when you say it, you know. <laughs> what you was about to say, Queen Chi? Um, I think that we need to show up as a community, right? And without judgment, without trying to tell someone, hey, you suck. It's all about the presentation. And I think that that scripture about the strong bears the infirmity of the weak mm-hmm. is applicable here. So this is our community. This is our nation. These are our neighborhoods. These are our children that is going to be future leaders of our country, right? Future leaders of the world. And so we can't be bystanders just watching tragedy happen and just be like, oh, ain't my problem, ain't my kids, right? right? So if you have the ability to develop relationships, you have the ability to develop programs. It doesn't have to be something super huge as we think of programs. It don't have to be a community center or whatever you could build to that. But maybe just having, you know, coffee with mothers in the neighborhood and y'all share you know, experiences of motherhood, because that's how we learn. Mm -hmm. We learn from other people who are doing it, who are going through it, who have been through it. And I think a a lot, a part, a big part of our problem is, is that the older generations are not pouring into the younger generations anymore. Because the older generations, they are just like, they don't listen. And they're millennials. And they don't listen. They just blah, blah, right? And then the Mm -hmm. younger people are like, they so judgmental. All they got is criticism. All they got is that. And there is is no bridging of of the... of the community and the generations like it used to be. And so if we could bring that back um, to where we we understand that I am you and you are me and what you do affects me and what I do affects you and treating who we would consider that sorry parent with love and respect and understanding that they maybe they just don't know. And yeah, they have the opportunity to learn. Again, the onus is on them to learn, but as maybe you are the point of contact to open up that door for learning because we all needed somebody to step in and say, hey, baby, this is not the way. Let's try it this way, right? Mm-hmm. Without the, yeah, you wrong, you wrong, right? Nobody was ever corrected to change. They were loved to change. And so when we step forward with love and we actually care enough about our fellow person about the children that we see growing up in the community and giving people the, the leeway 
without making faces and noises. Like I see people, you know, have to be on the plane with their children to be a mother. And she got like three kids and she trying to maintain these babies and they be young and one star crying. And you hear the people on the plane, because they don't want to be stuck on this plane with this crying baby. But what if somebody just help, help this lady out? Right. Tell a joke, do some, make some funny faces or something yeah. because she overwhelmed too. Right. Sitting there stuck on a plane with, with hollering babies, that's not fun for her either or the grocery store or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. being a community, stepping up to do what you can to bring light and love into everybody's day as you go about your day. Oh, Queen Chi, you trying to be nice. She shouldn't have been on that plane with them three bad kids anyway. She should have went gangster at home and gave them the room. Don't y'all act up while y'all on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, eight my old, don't you act up on the plane. Right. And then they be like four, they be like two. You know, you got to deal with the ears popping and stuff. So they cry. Yes, all kind of stuff going on. They don't have pacifiers and nipples so that the kids won't be sitting there crying. You got to help them out. So I just want to, I want to applaud you for that. Because that is what my company, IMA Industry, is all about. Because we need to fix and heal and mend the generational divide. Because the only thing I've ever learned was from an older person. The only thing I have ever listened to was from an older person. And today, our older people have given up. They have taken it and they have, they look at things and think like if Terrell had asked that question, like if, if I just said, can we do it? They would have said no. And can you help me? They said, no, I did my, my five is fine. And I done raised five good ones and they doing this, that, and other. And I'm thinking, well, who are you leaning on today? And that's the question where I watch them be like, well, what you mean? So there's a dedication in this. And I know like you'd be talking about looking for partners and all that. So I will be getting with you because the way you said that is how it is written. Because it's the truth. Because, Like I said, you being my friend ain't gonna help me. You can, right. you, gonna, you gonna allow me to do what I need to do the way I need to do it. But if you done did this thing 60, 70, 80 years, 90 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, common sense would tell you, you know, you, you, you know, you 20 and you grown. I'm 21. I'm a whole grown ass man. You know, damn, right. your whole grown ass is only 21. So what's that living at home? On your grown ass. I just want to <laughs> know. Shit, I really want to know. But that is the honest to God. So it's it's funny and and I have a nice. I think I have a nice way of doing it to the point where it's receivable. It's not something that they would fight it because mm -hmm. think about even playing games. Now, I remember the instructions. Remember how we start the game and everybody's sitting down and somebody picks up the book and somebody reads the instructions and we all listen. Try to do it today, y'all. Try to read the instructions to a game today 
and watch how people's brains shut all the way off. They either don't want to play the game or they want to make up their own fucking rules for the game. But we've been playing the same game for 20 years. And ain't nothing never been wrong with Uno. You know what I mean? It ain't never been a new rule in it. But now all of a sudden, things are different. And it's like, I don't know if it's because it's the microwave, like we want you ready to push the button and we ready to ding and it should be there or what. But we gonna talk because that is the answer because there is no such thing as we will not get it right. There is no such thing as you will always be raggedy. There is no such thing. Queen Chi said it as in you gotta make a choice. Ken said it the best way. The Holy Spirit hit me. Because the day that God wants you, regardless of where you are, he going to find you. Mm-hmm. And when he do, if you are ready, you will receive him. If not, you will continue down that path and shit until it happens. You're either going to die or you're going to get it together. Mm-hmm. One of the two is going to happen because some people die before they get it. And that's the unfortunate part. But a lot of, like I tell people all the time, the the penitentiary, the penitentiary has the best souls in it. Because understand that whatever those people were doing, they, that shit was so movable, so everything, that God couldn't do what, they, what he needed to do for them. So damn it, I'm going to take you away from all that other stuff so that the only existence that you have is me in this fucking cell. But trust and believe. They will meet God. There's a change in it. Like, so I would never say never about a raggedy person because you always, and you, and, and it can happen in a thought. All you gotta do is wanna do better. But Queen Chi said a lot, and them, them damn TV shows, whatever it is, if you see it on TV, stop doing it. It's okay to watch it if you wanna watch it, but damn it, you, if you ain't watching it with a whole story and a lesson, Maybe you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> like, if you're watching it to be entertained, you are wrong, especially as a parent. Because even if you're sitting here with your kids laughing about that shit, they watching you laugh at that raggedy shit. So when they turn around and do it, you can't, like, you can act like you want to be mad, but the kids going to turn around and say, but mom, when the man said it on the news, you was like, that's right. You know, just like when police stop you. And they tell you, give me your, your license and registration. For what? I know my rights. Somebody get the camera. Get the camera. Pull this out. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, just hand the damn man your license. That, that, just hand the man your license. But we don't see that no more. You know? So this so, was great. We need a part two. I'm going to call it right now. So we're we, we, we going we gonna to have a part two, and I'm going to bring you all back. But I have something. I have something to and, and misunderstood. You know how I am when you get close to the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah. He about to drop some shit. See? <laughs> now, you know, we talked about, you know, the sorry parents having sorry kids. And, and, and we talked about what we can do, could do, and all of that. And how it... Bottom line is how it affects the kids. Now, when reading and then when the research, the influence of, I will say, criminal parents that I found that youth, violent youth often comes from the violent parent as what we've all been talking about, right? 
But in 2007, over 1.5 million children had a father in prison and over 147,000 children had their mother in prison. So the violent youth are the most likely to have that witness of conflict, what Ken was talking about, between their parents. And that also are the most likely to commit a serious violent crime and become a criminal themselves that engage in various criminal activities. So I wanted to put that out there as to understand to the listeners and everyone that if you're not taking your job as a parent, because as my father has explained to me, he is responsible for making sure that I stay on the course that I need to stay on, but I am actually not his. I am God's child. What do you what, what do you all think about that? And we're gonna get close to wrapping this up. But what do you think about those figures when it comes to the youth in the violence that explains some of the things that's being going on in now in this generation of kids with school shootings of kids bringing guns and, and being bullied and things of that nature? Can I say, can I, can I answer first? Cause I, unfortunately we got to find out what the backstory of the backstory is because what we do is we, people do, kids do some crazy things. And unfortunately, how do I say this? When, when I was growing up, somebody told me that if you touch the iron, you was going to get burned. Now I didn't believe them until I touched the damn iron and I burnt myself. And I got it. But in today's world, we don't even have the somebody saying that if you touch the iron, you're going to get burnt. Mm -hmm. So by the time they do whatever it is, and as violent as we believe that it is, these are the first times of violence, which says that they just don't know how to talk. They don't know how to communicate. They don't even know how to express themselves to, you know, so... Like right now we're dealing in Philadelphia, we're dealing with the fact that seven kids in the middle of in, at two o'clock in the morning, you know, they were out there doing whatever they were doing, but a, a, eight, a 73 year old man asked them a question and asked them why they was outside at two o'clock. Instead of answering him or getting away from him, they picked up a traffic cone and they beat him. They enjoyed it. They threw it at him like, I guess it was a game or whatever. Like, so they all took turn, you know, but he died. So now this is major for seven children. And, and two of them are going to jail for murder because they were 14 and they figured like, as they were listening, I guess the detectives have said that they did enough damage that they are going to jail as adults for third degree murder. But do the 10 year old supposed to get away with it? Uh, the 10 year old need to go to jail too. Huh? The 10 year old need to go to jail too. Listen, like I said, if not, if not jail, if not jail for the rest of their life, they need to go to some type of a detention center. Like basically, he don't need to see his damn mom every fucking night. He don't need to get to eat what he wants for a long time. You know what I'm saying? He need to he need to understand that now, now you done did something. And we're gonna watch you for until you're at least 16. Like, but right now, the way that they're doing it. I'm, I'm, it's like, what can you do? Because you sitting there telling me that the 13 year old didn't do nothing, but I can watch the enjoyment in all their faces as they throw in this fucking cone. 
But now you got parents talk about, I'm a good parent, and I did this, and, and they snuck out, and I put my baby to bed. And so it's like, you you know what I mean? But like right now, they are dealing with that. The world is dealing with this. And and look, I'm like this. I The dream that I have got to be coming through whatever we're seeing right now. You know how they say when you no, wake up, you, that's what it we is. We got to understand something. These kids are making choices on their own. Those kids knew right and wrong. We all know right and wrong. I used to do stuff at that age that was wrong, and that's why I said I drew a line in the sand. Said, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And boy, was way across town. But I was conscious about what I couldn't do and what I wouldn't do. My brother used to go to Foley downtown and steal uh, from the department store. Don't get your brother in trouble. <laughs> well, he in jail now because that's 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 a product of that mindset. Because if you're doing it as a young age and thinking you can get away with it, my mom and dad don't have to be everywhere for me to know it's wrong. Right. You know right and wrong. And that's that, that's going way too far because that was somebody's grandparent. Mm-hmm. That was somebody's dad. That was somebody's uncle. Mm-hmm. And so... They need to go to jail. I'm not saying they don't deserve a second chance, but they need to get a harsh punishment to realize what you did was wrong and it ain't nothing to play with and it's, and it's life's out. You won't get it until you you said that is somebody's dad, that is somebody's grandparent. Right. And like she said earlier, our parents and these, these parents are getting younger and younger and younger. So that means them 15, four, them 14, 13, and 12-year-olds don't even see this 73-year-old as a granddaddy because their granddad is only 50. Like, I've been on go with it because my dad is 75. I would be a different, I would be a completely different person right now if that was my dad out there. I would be different because I'm already different because I tell kids now, I'd be like, yo, twerk your your turn, twerk your turn because that's my daddy right there. That's my daddy. You might not know him, but that's my daddy. Watch yourself. Well, they don't know their AB that ABCs at four, six, and ten, but they can twerk. Ooh. Now, See, that we gotta is have a, a number two. We gotta have a number two. That's a Y'all still when we coming on, cause he right. Oh my god, he right, he right, he right. Well, there will be a part two if you listening. He's right. They and they and it's like, what do you want your child to do when they turn 18? Be in the club, mm-hmm. working at the club. Like, can you do three poles at a time or something? Like, I'm trying to understand. What are you fighting for here? But, ooh, we need to have a number, too. We will. Well, you, the sad thing about it, the parents are in the club with their kids. And that's a problem. And ooh, it goes stop. right back to what you all were saying about parents too busy trying to be friends. Before we end this episode, I want to first, I will give each of you a, the last words, if you can do a short, probably three cents last words on this topic that will leave someone to think about in the process, as like Queen Chi was saying, to make them think, to cha- want to change, to seek change, to be a better parent, to be a better person, or to reach out. So I will leave it starting with Queen Chi. I would like to leave the audience with this. Listen, there are people out there who love you. You may not be connected to people in your current circumstances or situation or community, 
who is there to love and support you, protect you, help you grow and expand. But what I have found that it is complete strangers who will step in and become everything in your universe that you, you need when you are ready, when you make the choice to be better, to do better, to want better, desire better, and go after that. So don't make excuses of woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is, you know, the past is gone. The present is never coming. I mean, the present is the only thing that's here. The future never comes. It's always the present. So be present where your feet are. Take accountability for your day in, your day out. Your child, again, is not a mini version of you. It is not where you put your lost hopes and dreams, hoping that they will manifest. Again, this is a whole different, completely unique human being who is deserving of understanding, respect, love, um, protection, and you know, just a pushing to be who they are called to be and not who you want them to be. And when we look at not just our children, but people in, in that, that, um, that eyesight, that perspective, mm -hmm. that your friends, your mother, your whoever are not here to live according to your expectations, right. but right. they are here to, to be who they are. And you are here if you love them and you are in relationship with them to aid them in being who they are called to be. What about you, Mr. Johnson? Man, listen, we got to have a part two, three, and four when you're dealing with me on these subjects because I'm like this here. You call a spade a spade. And that's uh, what I like. I believe, I believe in second chances, but I believe that we need to, uh, there are some young boys need to be punched in their chest and their mouth. <laughs> there are some young girls that need to be mentored and just talked to by Queen Chi and Melanie. Y'all going to come soft with them and y'all going to just tell them the things that they really need to hear. But we got some young boys, me and Terrell, just need to punch in the chest. Yeah. Tell them, you know, like Kevin Hart said, take it with your chest. Where they need say it with your chest, where they need to get punched in their chest. I'll burn it back, chop them in the throat. Yeah, you got you got Magic Johnson's son, almost taller than him, walking around being a a gay guy. You got Dwayne Wade's son at his age being told he can switch his agenda. I mean, come on, guys. We got to go back to calling it what it is. God made Adam and Eve, didn't make Adam and Steve. God didn't make same-sex marriages. And we got to – we see, here's the problem that I have, and, and I don't mind being on any forum talking about it. People can't come to me and say you're being judgmental no more. I don't buy that. I'm not judging anybody. If you tell me I've done wrong, there's no judgment take here on my end. I've done wrong, I've done wrong. If you come to me as a friend and say, hey, Ken, you know, what you did was wrong. I'm not going to say you're judging me. I'm going to say you're a true friend. You're telling me I messed up. I was jacked up. I did something wrong. That's what is wrong our society. Everyone want to label it as being judgmental. Well, in the Bible days, when God told him to go kill everything, the dog, cat, the billy goat, he meant just that. We done got soft, and then we start letting things creep in. And then that's why the Bible said in the book of Jude that they crept in unaware for them to creep in unaware that means they have to look like us they have to talk like us they have to dress like us but yet and still they're wolf in sheep clothing you mm -hmm. gotta call a spade a spade and you gotta tell people what they don't want to hear which is the truth and then that'll help our society because we gone buck wild in this society that we live in 
in in the reality TV, some folks are hurting. They just hide behind the camera. Queen X, Queen T, your ten X, you'll be doing more than ten X. You'll be you, there's a major stuff that we, we could do, but the people gotta want to hear. But everybody want to be, everybody want to be a celebrity. They want to TikTok their way through life and thinking that it's a game instead of be told the truth. It is what it is, guys. Well, 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 you've heard it from Mr. Johnson and Queen Chi. Hey, I want to first thank both the both of you all as well as Misunderstood for coming on the show. And if the listeners, if you want to reach out to any of the guests, there will be a transcript. We'll have their link on how to reach out to them for whatever you desire, need for mentorship, for guidance, or even if it's just for business. Hey. This is your host, Jasim. Thank you for listening for In the Trenches. See you at the next episode. You've been listening to In the Trenches. Real, raw, plain speak without all the political correctness. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out to TS and F Consultant and Management on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So long for now from In the Trenches.